Hi and welcome to our podcast called the GDPR series where we discuss data protection, privacy and cybersecurity matters that ordinary people in everyday businesses face. We have a series of really interesting and lovely guests and we hope you enjoy listening along with us. Hi everybody. Today we've got Mike Roberts on the GDPR series. I met Mike on LinkedIn, which is a great place to meet professional contacts. I think, Mike, we, we kind of met probably when you were, I don't know if you had started with our mail or how far along the lines you were, but it's it's quite a while ago now and we've been connected. Mike is going to chat to us today about professional selling on LinkedIn. I've got his website open here, mikedroberts.co.uk. The links will be in the podcast web page with other links that Mike will provide to us. Do you want to introduce yourself, Mike? You probably do it far better than, than I will, and then we can get chatting. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for me having, having me on today. I really, really appreciate it. And um, and for all your support recently as well, it's been absolutely fantastic. Yeah. So a little introduction about me. So for the last 15 years, I have been helping people with their mail and that was in the physical format. So I started off as a young, fresh, straight out of college salesperson selling mailroom equipment for law firms and and regulated Mm -hmm. industries. And I have progressed into the digital age. Yeah. So now I'm still helping all of those same clients and all those same uh, customers of mine um, protecting their mail, but in a digital format. So there's two sides to me. Uh, one, I help firms and companies make sure that their email is secure and yeah. help them automate some of their processes with electronic signatures and things like that. And then the other side to me is I absolutely love helping salespeople and professionals on LinkedIn. Yeah. I've yeah. I've been using the platform ever since day one, and um, I just you know really enjoy showing people how it's helped me, how it's helped my business, and and that's me. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a fantastic summary, Mike. Um, honestly, like I hadn't realised that you went so far back with the the mailroom equipment um, type of thing. I thought that you were more digital, but that's fascinating. Um, I'm a bit of a geek for like old machines and things. So yeah, we'll have to chat about that another time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So your most of your clients, you mentioned law firms there and professional firms, who would you say are um, kind of the, the core clientele that you would deal with on the male side of things? I, I would say there's three. There's wealth management firms in the financial yeah. sector. There are legal firms, so um, solicitors, barristers, uh, people like that. And then there's your other regulated industries, and I would probably say that that would be healthcare. Yeah. Um, but but wealth management firms is is probably my biggest sector, and and I and I've been thinking recently why that is, and it's because when when you're speaking to a wealth management firm, for example, their clients are for life. So yeah. a client will be with them from day one and until the end of their lives. Yeah. So it's absolutely critical that you make sure that everything is perfect from day one and um, no better place to start really than making sure their electronic um, communications are secure. Yeah, I mean, in that context, Mike, like they're, they're based purely on trust, you know, obviously um, 
also with their strong obligations to the laws that govern them. But nobody wants to see a wealth management firm in the news for for a break in trust. And, and that's what we deal with in the GDPR is it's about the trust more than anything else. And once trust is broken, it's so difficult to come back to that. So when you've got um, that kind of those stakes are on the table, you need to make sure that what you're using is pretty much bulletproof and um, easily managed by the client that's using it. So I think that's what's come across to me on a lot of your um, posts and your videos, which I love. I love the way that you present your product um, on LinkedIn. You know, you're not a pushy salesman. You engage with your clients, your customers, your potential customers. You know, you, ha you have relevant industry discussions. It's fantastic. So, yeah, I think like you've got this lovely way of reaching people kind of where they're at and drawing them in and making them feel very comfortable with the solution that you provide. And obviously you're fully um, behind that solution with the knowledge that it's it's one that works, you know, and I think that's a great message for people to hear. Absolutely. And, and one of the big um, key things that I talk about regularly is client experience. And, and that hits so many levels with me because when I'm talking to my clients who use uh, Frama, our mail, yeah. And they're, they're needing email encryption or electronic signatures. It's not all about security. It's it, a lot yeah. of it is about client experience and making it yeah. easy for for their customers. Yeah. And I try to do that myself on LinkedIn. So when I'm when I'm selling my product to potential clients, I want to make their experience good and and i try and do that in as many ways as i can whether it's engaging content creating yeah. videos trying to yeah. use a bit of my graphic design in there I, yeah. I just want it to be a pleasant experience right before we've even spoke yeah and you know i think that's one of the things that i really love about you and your personality mike like just to get really personal here is that you're you're just you're such a nice guy and i think i've known you for long enough now to know that that's not like a huge pretense you know you're not like some kind of i don't know Jekyll and Hyde where you have this persona online and a persona offline you are genuinely a good guy and that comes across through everything that you do so you really like live your brand which is amazing um, I know that I have sent some questions over to you um, can I ask you a couple and we'll get back to this discussion because it's flowing really nicely um, you know and back to specifically your uh, your mikedroberts.co.uk website where you offer LinkedIn training and other services yeah of course I think like we're kind of crossing over here a little bit now um, specifically and I'm going to reiterate what you said to me you're not a GDPR um, expert or specialist but I believe that the work that you do and the services that you offer bolster a message that we who kind of work purely in the field are trying to send out where you're approaching it in a way and with a language that the customers understand. Sometimes we can throw language at things or throw requirements at things that really scare people off. And I'm very, very mindful of that because I don't want anybody to be scared of owning their responsibilities to others' personal data. Um, so I sit back a lot of the time and I, I kind of watch and learn. And I really appreciate um, somebody like you who is giving it to people in a way that they can receive it. You know, um, we, we have to learn as an industry, there's an appropriate time to kind of get heavy about the topic. 
and then there's an appropriate time to kind of tone it down and bring it right down to earth for people to receive it. So that's kind of the, the mission that we're on, if you want to call it that. So I asked you here, where did you first come to grips with or aware of data protection and the GDPR? I 100% I fell into it by accident. Yeah. Um, when I was transitioning from physical mail into a digital mail specialist, I began to understand the basics of email encryption, um, yeah. what happens to a standard email as opposed to um, how a, an encrypted email looks. Yeah. And, and this all was happening around um, March of 2017. Yeah. So GDPR was slightly in the news. Yeah. Um, people were talking about it, but as the months went on, it became more of a big thing. Yeah. And I just thought to myself, you know, I was in a very lucky situation where I was learning this with everybody else in the UK or, I mean, as much as, you know, people that weren't, you know, with it as, as much as I was. Yeah. And by the time May 2018 came along, um, I was in a great position to talk to my clients. And, and by yeah. the way, my clients are are not big companies. They're probably yeah. in the yeah. 1 to 20 headcount. Yeah. So they wanted to be able to speak to somebody that, that without having a techie, jargon-filled conversation. Yeah. And, and I was fortunate enough to be able to say, okay, well, I'm, all I'm going to be talking to you today about is a Microsoft Outlook or a Gmail plugin. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go through the basics with you, and I'm just going to simply show you um, how you're going to transition into basically being being secure with your electronic communications. Yeah. And and I did it in a way that I wanted to um, I wanted to have it done to me yeah. in March 2017. And, th and that's yeah. basically one of the things I do, whereas a lot of people want to go down the whole jargon filled, really but, yeah. technical filled conversation. Yeah. And that's not me. But if my clients want that, I've got people, uh, a fantastic people in my network. Yeah. Uh, for instance, yourself with Serity and things like that, who have got some amazing um, offerings and platforms and discussions that they can have. So yeah. not only have they got a great product with me that I can provide to them, but I've got a network behind me that really do know their stuff. So I'm very fortunate. Yeah, and thanks, Mike, for that. Um, I do appreciate it because, like, you know, you can approach us anytime and, and give us a shot and say, would we mind chatting to this person or that person or um, what's our opinion on this? And um, I think you're quite great at that, like, just sort of minimally tagging people who, who are relevant to posts to hop into a discussion. And I love that. I um, you know, I love interacting in that way. And I think what you say is so important because um, let's just focus there what you, what you were saying about sort of the the technical kind of reviews of a platform now we would speak about vendor assessments and due diligence and all of these things and you know there's certain um, parts of the gdpr that vendors have to um, stand up to and then there's sort of more um, nebulous parts that aren't very specific like technical and organizational measures you know and you have to kind of dig quite deep to find out exactly what that means and then we get to places where it says um, you know, in proportion to the, the risk presented to the data subject. And then it's like, oh, it doesn't necessarily have to be state of the art, but it must be appropriate to that risk. And these kinds of things like really, really frighten people. Um, so I'm going to say it again that really I love the way that you present your solution and particularly that point of um, 
people wanting it to be an easy customer journey because going back to applications that would have sort of mushroomed up around the time that the GDPR was uh, brought into force, I would have tried a couple of email encryption solutions and I mean 10, 15 steps down the line you still don't have your message and you actually really want to just throw the computer out the window. Um, it just It's an impossible landscape for people to navigate. So I think really it's so vital what you're saying there that people work together to provide the best overall global solution, the networks work together. And this is another message we've been trying to put out with this podcast is that, yeah, competition is healthy, but actually like we're all much better off for working together because our clients actually benefit from that, you know? Well, absolutely. In a nutshell. And, and the thing is with Frama, we, you know, we're not a multi-billion dollar organization. Yeah. Um, often when I'm demonstrating our mail to, to my clients, and they ask me about the support and I tell them about my team and myself. Yeah. And I say to them, you know, chances are you could text me or call me at eight o'clock on an evening. Yeah. And if you need help, chances are if I'm available and I probably will be, I can jump onto yeah. a quick um, screen share and yeah. help you um, send that email, at, uh, create that document for e-signature. And a lot of people think, yeah, OK, you know, mm. he's, he's saying yeah. that because he just wants the sale. But yeah. when they actually do make that call or give yeah. me a text at eight o'clock and realize that I am there able to help them, they think, do you know what? That's absolutely fantastic because people are looking for that little bit of extra customer service, especially in today's yeah. day and age. Yeah. Um, because, you know, our big giant competitors, you know, yeah. they a, a customer is a is a is a figure on a whiteboard to them. Oh, yeah. And all the call centers are outsourced. And good luck to you actually finding something that's not a computer that's answering questions my favorite trick with the help bots is please may i speak to a human and they all seem to have some kind of code programmed in to pass you off onto like a human being that actually will answer the questions you know and yep. what you're saying is is so important because um i'll just put a note here because this is kind of like evergreen content but we're recording this in the middle of the the lockdown in in 2020 where we're working from home offices and people aren't having um, meetings in person unless you're essential services. So the, that that's kind of goes to what I'm about to say here is that, you know, you say your customers are in the bracket of people, um, you know, in one to 20 teams of one to 20 in the business. Um, so not more than, than 20 employees where we ourselves would deal with a lot of people in that bracket, um, a lot of local businesses around Cork City and Cork County. Um, and then we would have a lot of startups that we deal with globally. So also in like the one, two, five, 10, 20, not more than 30 team, because when they start getting to that stage, they, they start hiring in-house and we kind of help them cross over, um, you know, into that security and data protection expertise that, that they need on board permanently. Um, and going back to my point of people working from the home office and that I think like I'm, I see maybe a shift in business where, you know, obviously there is a place for the enterprise and there always will be the enterprise level business, but there will be a lot more smaller businesses um, around Mike. And, you know, we, we can't, I think this is just this is just me personally. We can't think that anymore in business that the goal is to make millions and millions and millions of euro dollars, pounds, whatever, because 
what we're seeing now is this sort of humanity around us where that's not really appropriate. You know, the, the human connection is far more important than the money making. Yes, the money does grease the wheels of the business to continue, but I think what's really coming to the fore is that that human connection, that one-to-one um, reputation matters, um, you know, and I, I really love the model that you're building here because I think that's that's core to that, um, the LinkedIn sales, professional selling that you do, the help there is really, really core to that. Um, and it, it kind of is parallel to data protection and the trust, you know, and it's, um, it's a very philosophical message and, and a lot of people kind of battle with that, that it's not just another law, you know, that we all have to do and we have to take the boxes and we have to kind of, it's such a drag. It actually really should be like a pillar to your business that how do I care for my customers? What am I doing to make sure that their trust is minded, it's taken care of, and, um, you know, I deserve to have that trust. So, yeah, um, like it's GDPR and data protection, and it was a drag, and it shouldn't be a drag, but I think, um, you know, with enough of a, a message going out, people will hopefully start to see that. So, yep. absolutely. yeah. Absolutely. Totally agree. My absolutely. soapbox. My soapbox <laughs> for the episode. <laughs> I asked you a second question here, the impact on you personally of the GDPR, um, and it's fine, like, if you haven't had kind of a personal rumble with the law as such, um, everybody who follows my Twitter will kind of have a laugh every now and then about the things that I post um, where I might get into a situation. The one was the, the insurance um, uh, broker or company and um, asking for the blood tests because we are kind of newly arrived in Europe enough for, you know, HIV to be a concern. But the way it was handled was just really, really difficult. And it took months before the correct information, you know, came out. And like, it would have been so easy for me just to sign the paper and go for the test, you know, like whatever. But sometimes I just get to the point where I think like, if I don't say something, you know, other people are going to have this bad experience, not get the information that they are required to get um, in the law. So I kind of do stand up for it a little bit. Have you had any personal experience with the GDPR data protection that you could share with us or want to share with us? Um, personally, I, I don't think so. But, you know, what we do as a company at Pharma is, yeah. is we are learning just like everybody else. And and if we ever get anything wrong, then yeah. we we hope that people will tell us and and make sure that we can put it right. Yeah. Um, you know, we've had people that have approached us with regards to our uh, pri privacy statements. Yeah. Um, asking us about asking us about you know our products and where we keep people's data. Yes. Yeah. And you know, again, we're in a very brilliant situation with with our solution because we aren't mm. a cloud-based uh, tool. Yeah. Yeah. So unlike other email encryption companies that take a copy of your email, put yeah. it in the portal of somebody else's computer, i.e. the yeah. cloud, um, you know, we don't do that. Um, yeah. So, again, it, it's a nice it's a nice weight off people's shoulders, knowing that yeah. we're not um, taking copies of people's emails and putting them in yeah. the cloud somewhere. Yeah. So so yeah. I think we're doing good. And again, I'd, I'd ask anybody out there, you know, please, if, if there is something that we can improve on, we're, we're always open to, to learning. Yeah, and that's an amazing statement, Mike, because a lot of people kind of just duck their heads under their desks and close their ears and don't want to know about it because 
I think, and, and you'll hear this as a thread through the other episodes where I say every now and then that um, I find quite a few data protection teams or um, data protection coordinators, data protection officers in businesses that have not been afforded the training um, and the backup that they should have been afforded. So you've got people that have just kind of been appointed in positions and have said yes, and they're trying to learn on their own. And you might come across a product or a service or a website online that actually technically is not compliant with the GDPR, but to kind of shred it, if I can say it like that, on a professional network and publicly name and shame and you know, say things about it, we're forgetting that there are real people behind that who may be struggling with resources in their jobs, um, who may be struggling with the time in the day. You never know until you approach somebody personally. So I think what you're saying there is an excellent message for people to receive is that if there is a problem, please pick up the phone or send us an email and, and let us know, you know, um, you will definitely get an answer and things will be improved and we all get better that way. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the and the other thing is, you know, I would highly recommend people to 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 use online learning platforms. And I know a few of my clients yeah. who've used Serity have given me absolutely Thanks, fantastic yeah. feedback. So yeah, I, I, you know, well done on what you do as well for your clients. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah, we um we we hope to democratize the law a little bit, Mike, and let's let people kind of um you know, get get that knowledge without too many barriers. Um, okay, so the third question here is where you've seen the own uh, you've seen opportunities for your own business in the context of the GDPR. I I don't want you to answer in a GDPR centric way, and I would like you to please tell us about your um, LinkedIn services for professionals, because I think if I may be so bold as to say it, that's kind of the opportunity that came out of this for you. Yeah. Um, so I've used LinkedIn from day one. Yeah. I, I've never been on a LinkedIn training course. Yeah. Um, I've never sat in a classroom with somebody, you know, on a PowerPoint presentation telling me how to use it. Yeah. I, I spent many, many years using it for no real benefit, I suppose. Yeah. I, I was getting no interaction. And it, and it was only really um, probably in 2016 or 2017 where, where I actually started to record and look at why things were turning around for me. What was it I was doing different? Yeah. And, you know, within, within around a 12-month period, suddenly I was getting lots of um a, a lot of brilliant people in my network yeah i wasn't doing anything ridiculously time centric or or yeah. you know throwing loads of money at the the platform yeah. but but i was just getting to understand um a little bit more about personal branding yeah. what what people enjoy seeing how yeah. to make your content different to other people's and and then i started just kind of delving a little bit deeper into you know how google and and the search engine optimization works with linkedin yeah. yeah um how to make yourself different from everybody else in your industry and competitors and it, and it was literally just just over a, a coffee one lunchtime with a friend of mine who i spent half an hour with and i gave him some tips and tricks for his linkedin profile and he said you know you should be doing this as a service what what yeah. you teach you know yeah. uh, i've i've never heard before 
So I just decided to call it LinkedIn 101. Um, okay. It's it's an hour to 90 minutes with um, somebody on a screen share session. Yeah. And all I do is I just absolutely pack in as much as I can in that 90 minutes yeah. to look to look at the front page, um, help people with their headline, their summary, ideas for content. Yeah. Um, and we just try and squeeze as much as we can into our session so that the, the person that I'm speaking to can just walk away after that um, 90 minutes and think, you know, there's there's a couple of things there. There's one, two, maybe three things that I can walk away with and put into practice immediately. Yeah. And so far, this might I've got 100 percent success rate in the fact that the people that I've um, provided this service to have actually seen an increase in. Uh, lead generation or conversations yeah. so I j that's just absolutely delights me because what I would I what I what try to do is put all of those years of um, yeah. practice in into giving people a nice bite-sized chunk so that they're not sat there there's no PowerPoint presentations yeah. Um, yeah. and there's no classroom environment it's very interactive and they walk yeah. away with um, uh, an, a PDF ebook at the end of it with yeah, a, a, yeah. a personalized report on exactly what yeah. we've discussed. So I love it. I just love what I do. Yeah, I know. And that already comes through. And, and it is amazing. Um, Mike, um, I would have personal knowledge of, of a couple of the people that you have assisted. And the, the difference is remarkable. Um, and I'm going to bring us back to what we were chatting about just before I think we pressed record there and say that basically the way that you're teaching people to use LinkedIn to develop those relationships, um, you know, and to make those sales is kind of what people need to learn in terms of data protection and e-privacy specifically, um, you know, is that long gone are the days of using analytics, personalized analytics, um, mailing lists, and just bombarding inboxes with emails in the hope of a sale. You know, let's email 10,000 people and we'll be lucky if we get one sale out of it. And that's really bottom line, true statistic, because around the time the GDPR came into force, I would have sat with many, many people going through their mailing lists. How do they get the data? How do they compile it? Could they tag um, origins? Had they obtained the correct consents? You know, could they justify under legitimate interest and then going through it and saying to business owners who are very, very concerned about, you know, working through this um, prospect of losing contacts is how effective are these mailing lists anyway, particularly like in a B2B context. And it turns out most people were not actually making any sales from them. So. I really, really love um, what you're doing here, and I hope that people do take up the opportunity to get in touch with you and to sort of revamp the way that they think about sales. Sales are not scary. You know, you've got something, people need it. And I think you've said that to me before. It's People need it. They need to hear about it. So um, take the opportunity to, to do that, you know, and to be kind of proud of, of what you're selling and what you're doing. Yeah, well, at the end of the day, I'm a salesperson and, yeah. and I have been ever since I left college in, yeah. well, around 15 years ago now. Yeah. And and what I tell people time and time again is forget your mailing list, forget the spam emails. Um, basically, start with, and, and again, I, I bring it back to LinkedIn because that's where where yeah. I've made all of my success, is, is start with one yeah. success 
let's call it a penny yeah. and then then turn that into another penny and before you yeah. know it you're springboarding yeah. your way through to this fantastic yeah. successful world of sales where it's an enjoyable experience yeah. and and everything that you're doing is off the back of your last major success where you're helping yeah. them they're helping you and suddenly it just becomes a, a fantastic um world to be in and yeah. and that's what i try and, and help young people with especially people who have just started off in sales yeah they might not be on that journey that that I had 15 years yeah. ago and they're and they're bombarded with this whole world of digital yeah. solutions god, video yeah. this and oh god yeah yeah all you got to do is take it one step at a time and before you know yeah. it it's 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 great yeah no and that's that's a fantastic message thank you for sharing that with us Mike um okay the opportunities for your clients I think we've just mentioned that here so let's not spend too much time on that um Unless you've got a, a sort of a story or two you'd like to share with us, um, people's kind of them being turned around on LinkedIn where it has made a deep impact on their lives. Well, I, I do get a lot of messages from from my clients, both from our mail and and the LinkedIn training, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and I try to put that on my testimonials yes, yeah. page. And, and I just want people to, to walk away with one thing which basically helps them gain that extra sale. And I say to a lot of people, when that extra sale comes in from what I've taught you, use it and, and yeah. piggyback off the back of that and make sure it's uh, you just continue that success. And yeah. I think people just enjoy it and, and enjoy the, the short, fun, uh, jam-packed time that we have yeah. together rather than yeah. sitting in a classroom on um, Death by PowerPoint. Yeah, exactly. That those days are long gone. Thank yeah. God for that as well. Okay, I'm going to ask your personal opinion on a platform like LinkedIn in our very likely future of work from home, remote work type models. And I sent these questions to you two weeks ago, I think. I just maybe tweaked the last one, maybe more than two weeks ago. So yeah. small little inside laugh there. Um, I'll ask it again. What's your opinion on a platform like LinkedIn and our very likely future of work from home remote remote work type models? My opinion on a platform like LinkedIn is I, th I think they're fantastic. Yeah, yeah, um, it's essential. Yeah, I, I, I think you can make them fun. Yeah. The, the technology that, uh, that is available to us nowadays has presented with us with an opportunity like never before. Exactly, yeah. Um, I've been doing online meetings and video meetings now every day for the last probably three years. Yeah. And I just think that they're, they're great. It saves time. It's easy to do once you start using it. Yeah. And the, I think the opportunities are endless. I really do, especially with um, now that we've uh, the globalization that we're faced with. I yeah. know that you and and some of the the contacts that you've connected with me, yeah. Andrea, you know, connected me with a wonderful company in uh, Mauritius. Yeah. And without the technology available to us, I would have never had that yeah. opportunity. So I, th I think it's yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. It is. I, I mean, I, I kind of grew up in um, in isolation, if you can call it that, like our nearest city was about 100 kilometers away um, with the, the nearest sort of rural hospital, 25 minutes away from our farm. And when we had that first screaming modem in the house, 
um, connected to a small satellite dish that connected us to the telephone services, it revolutionized and changed our world, you know, um, just understanding that in five or ten minutes you could get something from the other side of the earth that had taken weeks or months previously to organize. Um, and I really do feel that excitement that you're bringing forward in your statement there, because you're right, Mike, the opportunities are endless. Um, technology might be a barrier for some, but you know we all have our challenges um, in business, whatever area it's in, we have to recognize that and, and work towards overcoming those challenges. Um, but yeah, video conferencing, video meetings, um, are definitely a part of our future and um, I for one we've we've worked in a home office um, I, I dip in and out of co-working spaces as my clients might require um, but I prefer a home office because of the absolute security you know I'm kind of guaranteed for for the work that I'm doing but also the work-life balance um, that's very important to me so I really love technology and I love the opportunities that it presents us with um, you know, and obviously from the data protection and security point of view, and this goes back to your pharma our mail um, point is, you know, we, we need to make sure that we're using the correct tools to um, help us, ena enable us to do our work in a, an, in a compliant manner. So, yeah. Um, it also sets you apart from your competition yeah. as well, because yeah. one of the um, things that I do regularly is video email. Yeah. And, and I'm surprised it hasn't... Um, you know, become more popular. Yeah. It's, it's popular in the USA, but not quite so much in uh, in the UK and Ireland. Yeah. And and one of the things that I tell a lot of my clients is, look, if, if you're in a competitive situation, you know, why don't you be that person that sends your prospect or client a video email instead of black yeah. text on a white background? Because, you know, things like this and, and the technology is so readily available to us and nobody's yeah. really doing it. It's going to set you far apart from anyone else. Yeah. And yeah. so it's just there to be taken. The the, the opportunities are the, right there. And, and to be in sales now is probably the best time ever to be in sales, even during this lockdown. Um, it's a huge opportunity. Yeah. And um, again, Mike, I really, really hope that people connect with you and get in touch and, and get some of your um, enthusiasm firsthand, because I know that it has made a big difference to me personally. And, and quite a few people in my professional network and personal network, um, you've been an amazing assistance um, in great times of need sometimes. And, and thank you for that. Um, can I end? <laughs> Can I end with one last question here, because I know your time is very precious and thank you for spending the, the hour with us. Um, we really do appreciate it. One piece of advice to potential clients of yours. So my advice would be don't worry about things like um, email encryption and, you know, ways of automating your business process. It doesn't have to be, you know, long-winded IT technical discussions yeah. um, myself and there are others out there you know we are humans and we can have a one-to-one -one conversation with you and make it easy for you just don't worry about it and just um, you know speak to the right people yeah take take action I think is, is a good one and any potential advice to potential or any advice to potential clients of yours for your LinkedIn 101 um, I would say don't be don't be afraid of of social media, especially LinkedIn. It's there for you to have uh, to create content. 
It's yeah. about you and your personal brand, not necessarily your company. People are on there to learn about you, not your yeah. company. God, that's a really good piece of advice, Mike, because I think um, we kind of step into this professional sort of persona and we're trying to align. I, I'm speaking personally here, like my message with what we're doing with the company, we're actually like you have a unique personality that that needs to come out. So that's a fantastic piece of advice. Is there anything else you'd like to say? Um, you know, any 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 contact places you prefer? Obviously, LinkedIn. You know, you're there. Do you have a Twitter? Um, if, are you on Facebook? Can where can people find you? Um, so they can find me on LinkedIn. They can also find me on Twitter, which is where I post um, more more things about uh, social media and and yeah. ideas for posting. That's from a Mike F R A M A M I K E. Um, they're the best places to contact me. And, and the other a little piece of advice, which um, I've just realized I could have said before, yeah. is um, when you are posting on platforms like LinkedIn, always put yourself in the mind of your client or customer. Yeah. Just think about what it is that they would like to see if, if you were yeah. in their shoes. That's, that's probably a, a really strong piece of advice. Yeah, and that's fantastic. So thanks so much, Mike, for joining us. Um, we'll obviously share the links that you've uh, spoken about in the post that will go along with the link to this podcast and, and we'll put it up on social media so people can contact you um, easily. Really, really thank you. Um, your presence in social media is a delight and it's fresh and um, I love connecting and chatting. Thank oh, you. No, thank you as well. I really, really appreciate the opportunity. We hope you enjoyed that episode of the GDPR series. If you do, please subscribe, find us on social media. We love to have a chat.